Hello and welcome to episode 280 of section 138. I'm your host, Mark Colley, as always, joined by Bryson. And as always, we're going to be talking about the exact same thing, the exact same performance from the exact same team. The Blue Jays dropped two of three against the Texas Rangers. Let's be fair, the Rangers are one of the best teams in baseball, but the Blue Jays had no business losing that series. They blow a six-run lead in the finale of the series. Just the moment we thought their offense was finally getting going, they lose it again. Bryson, where are you at? How are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you talked about it. Finally, they had the beginning, and that came today. In the series finale, like you were talking about, it was pretty much the second inning. But I mean that those first three innings alone, it was six nothing. So finally, the big inning came, and then we knew we know what happened after that. Um, tough pitching all around today, unfortunately, uh, from the bullpen and then from Chris Bassett early on. And it's just right. Re- it really is the, just the story of the year. Like there's just once one thing's going right, the other thing's going wrong. And it's just been an absolute roller coaster. It's been frustrating. And then you look at the previous two games of this series, which have been the same problems in terms of not getting the big hit. I know on Friday night they did win, but it still was one of those. They won, but it was only by one run, and they should have won by more. And then you look at Saturday's game, they allow four runs from the bullpen all game. For me, that's an absolute must in terms of winning that game. Like That's a lot to ask for to your bullpen regardless. And them only allowing four runs, that should be enough for you to win the game. I'm sorry. And then, of course, we know what happened today. So it's just it really just completes this weekend just the way the season's been. Ups and downs. When one thing's going right, the other thing's not. Vice versa. And uh, for me, it's it wasn't surprising. It was just adding more to the wound in terms of just frustration and where everybody's at with this team right now. And unfortunately, it just um, continues to scuffle. And right now, we're on the downward trend again before we go on the upward trend. And it's just been a horrible start, I, wish, I should say, to this road trip. You say you're not surprised by today. I think I am surprised by today. I'm, I'll ask you, like, is this is this the new low for the season? Because it, it feels like that for me. Like, the Blue Jays have had their ups and downs this year, but to be on the slump they're currently on and then blow a six-run lead in a series finale you should have won. I, to me, that seems like a new low on this season. In of course, a season of lows, but this seems like the lowest of them all to me. I mean, it's got to be. Like, this is... We, we talked about the one in May, of course, and that was also a brutal stretch. And it in a way that... I mean, this road trip has felt very similar, of course. So I think just how it ended and everything like that. I mean, recency bias and everything like that. It is a new low in terms of where everyone's at with this right now. I mean, it's just, it really is crazy how everything is remaining the same uh, in terms of lack of change. Of course, more changes have happened to the starting lineup. Of course, Whit Merrifield is now batting second, which drops Bobachette to third, which drops Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to fourth. Mark, I know how you feel about this stuff, but they're trying. And uh, we know we talked about this early on or a couple episodes ago about Vladdy moving to fourth all around. And now that you had Whit Merrifield up there, there's more changes happening. I assume we're still on the right, uh, the same track on that, of that they're just trying to do something to get this going. And it feels like it has helped in a way, but overall, just throughout this whole lineup, it's unfortunately the same thing. I mean, again, on Friday night uh, with Kevin Gosman pitching, it was, it was a really good performance by him, of course, or a good bounce back outing. And then only the two runs that they scored, which came in the fifth inning, it just it wasn't enough, and that was when Danny Jansen homered. And Danny Jansen has pretty much been the guy so far throughout this road trip 
where you're relying on him to do everything. I mean, he got a couple big uh, hits in the Baltimore series prior, despite them losing two out of three. A couple clutch moments through him, and then, of course, he does it again in the fifth inning on Friday night. Um, and that was pretty much one of the only things that they can rely on offensively right now would be Danny Jensen along with a, lot, a couple other guys. And then, of course, on Saturday, once again, it's just allowing four runs from your bullpen on a bullpen day, that is a success, and that is something that is just unacceptable of how you don't win that game. Of course, it's just lots of the same, lots of opportunities for them to score, and they just couldn't get the job done. And then it's just more frustrating because of how it ended today where they were getting the big hits. I mean, it was crazy. Finally, for me, it felt like really the last time this team has had a big inning, it, for me, the, the one that comes to mind is when a position player on Tampa was pitching last month. That was the last time I really felt good. Not even good, but that's the last time a big inning was just, it comes to mind right away for me. And then, of course, they go out there today, one of the first times in a while that they've been doing that. Of course, over the last the stretch uh, throughout the year, I think they mentioned on the telecast, they're only averaging about three and a half runs, or at least throughout the recent stretch that they've been on. So they do that in the second inning with four runs, and of course, they score in the first and third as well. Everyone was contributing, of course, Whit Merrifield at the top of the order. Dalton Varsho is continuing to play better. Bo Bichette, another double. Uh, Spencer Horowitz, who made his his MLB debut over the weekend, who got called up prior to Friday night, made his debut as well today and was finally recalled to the roster. So he got on board with a couple hits and, of course, a ground out, uh, which was an RBI. So they were contributing on that part. And then it's just Chris Bass, unfortunately, a second straight start now where he hasn't looked exactly like himself. And uh, he, he was getting hit very hard. And, of course, something where the Jays were forced to go to their bullpen, I'm sure, way earlier than they anticipated because of the day before in the bullpen day. And then just knowing Chris Bass that you're expecting at least five or six innings from him on a really good day or even on an average day. And that did not happen today. So you felt the game really – like it really did swing very quickly. And when the Rangers got on the board – and when they inch closer and closer, I'm sure all of our confidence completely dropped. And then when they eventually did take the lead in the later innings, for me, just the way this the season's been in terms of lack of coming back, I mean, there has been a lot of situations where this team has not come back pretty much most of the times that they've lost. For me, I thought the game was over right after the Rangers took the, the go-ahead run. And that was before they poured it on to make it 11-7 at the final score. But before that, I just there was no confidence for me whatsoever. I mean, it's just when the game became closer especially in the series finale today they're still as much as they did put up seven runs on the board it just felt like they were still missing that in terms of you know I guess just fighting to uh, fighting to get the game back and I mean we it's one thing that we haven't talked about a lot or we haven't seen a lot as well from this team coming behind and then when you watch the Texas Rangers do it who you did mention are very good of course continuing to, to lead the AL West you see them do it like it's nothing and then they just pour it on and that's something where it's just frustrating because that's something where you'd also like to see this team have in terms of fighting back and everything like that. It's just, it's, it hasn't been the case, unfortunately. And it's just a lot of the same problems for majority of this road trip and majority of this series, of course, besides stay on Sunday, it's just the same stuff in terms of lack of at-bats and even, or lack of good at-bats. And even other than that, just lack of defensive plays as well. I mean, Chris Bassett, yeah, he wasn't very good today, but he also wasn't helped or his the defense behind him didn't do himself any favors. Of course, he only had three earned runs and there was just some sloppy play as well happening, even on the basis. Like it's just, it really was some issues that we saw the last stretch they were on where they were, uh, they were terrible, where it kind of came back this weekend in terms of sloppy base running, and just bad defensive plays that we've been seeing. I mean, I, I think there was the one earlier today, right away on the Sunday game where Vladimir Guerrero Jr. gets caught up between 
uh, first and second. Bo Bichette also kind of froze a little bit, which maybe impacted Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s decision on that. Either way, no matter who it was, it was unacceptable. And then there were just some other things throughout the uh, the series where you just look at it and it just it goes against everything that we've talked about in terms of what this team was trying to accomplish. And then you look at it as well at the end of the series. This is another good team that they played. When you lose two out of three and where things continue to stand, it's just an underperforming team right now uh, who just clearly at this point right now on June 18th are not as good as we thought they were going to be. Hopefully that does change. But it's just it really is hard to be optimistic after how they've been playing lately, especially the stretch over the, the this road trip like you were talking about in terms of a new low. It really does feel like we're at that point again. So I hope they can finish this uh, this road trip off on a good note and then get back to Rogers Center against the A's. But it's just we're not seeing enough. We're not, we haven't seen it consistently. And it, it's just very hard right now to be confident with this team, unfortunately. It's been another brutal stretch where they've gone up and down, and now they're down again. And... Um, Whenever they get out of it, I'm sure they will at some point. We just There's not really an end in sight right now, and there's a lot of things on this team that are still not clicking. And it's getting a little bit concerning now that we're approaching the end of June where these problems remain existent. Yeah, I mean, there's really nothing else to say. Like, this team is in the exact same spot they were three days ago, only worse because they just did what we just saw them do. They blew a six-run lead. They... Failed to score in the other two games, even though they won one. They tossed away a golden bullpen day. Like, yeah, everything you just said, everything we said last Thursday, everything we said last Sunday, everything we said the Thursday before that. Like, I mean, nothing's changing with this team. And I think that's probably what's most frustrating right now is that nothing is changing. It's the same performance day in and day out. Then the one day we get something different Today, Sunday, the finale, they managed to screw it up and make it just as painful, if not more painful, than any other game. So, yeah, I mean, optimism is the farthest word from my mind right now, and same thing for you, and same thing, I'm sure, for every single baseball fan or Blue Jays fan out there. Optimism is not what you think of when you think of this team right now. You think of, I don't know, maybe torture is the first word if we're playing word association right now with the Blue Jays, like put my head through a brick wall. Maybe that's the word I would use. Like this is anyways, it's brutal. Speaking of brutal, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Appears to be just disintegrating before our eyes. Um, the series that he had after, you know, a slump we've been talking about, he has not been himself this year. The series he had in Texas might be his most brutal of this season. Um, maybe the most brutal of his career. I mean, I, I don't know what's going on with this guy, but we've been over the offensive numbers time and time again. It now seems like the offense is trickling over into the defense and the base running. Um, just to give you a picture of what happened this weekend with him. Thrown out at home in the first inning on Saturday. First inning Sunday, he's picked off from first base. He makes a throwing error, bottom of the third. And then he ends the second inning with swinging on a ball in the dirt. And again, that's the one big inning the Blue Jays have had. He ends it swinging at a ball in the dirt. That's just a brutal strikeout. Uh, like, I don't know. What like what do you what do you say about Vladdy right now? It's We've been over the offense. It's carrying over into the defensive base running now. 
he's just not himself and it seems like he's trying too hard or in his own head too much or I don't know like there's a good baseball player in there there's a great baseball player in there it's just that's that's not who's on the field right now it's not and you know it's a a new low when on the telecast today that they actually mentioned where he flew out they mentioned that it was his first fly ball in 10 games Really, the fact that, that that is a st- the fact Jeez. that they were mentioning that and there was record of that, what is that? That that tells you enough in terms of this latest stretch of that. I mean, I, I heard that I immediately looked at it twice. And I re- I went backwards to make sure I heard that correctly, and that's insane that there hasn't been a fly ball in ten games. I mean, it's just it's been constant. Of course, ground outs. There's been lots of that where. You know, lots of ground balls to the pitcher and everything. It just weak contact, swinging at things that are completely not even close to the strike zone, and it really is unfortunate because we felt like this was really the start of something closer to 2021 in terms of what we saw in April. And then when the team went on their first bad stretch in May, uh, unfortunately, he kind of carried that over with them as well to June, where it's constant, where there's no home runs, there's just lack of good at bats, and it's that's what of course, is translated away from April, is that the at-bats were becoming horrible, even despite the fact that there were no home runs uh, in April as much as we probably were expecting. He was still putting up really good at-bats. He was seeing the ball really well. Of course, he was playing good defensively. Everything like that about his game was on a good level. It was on. A, it was at a good, it was, you know, it was at a good place at the time. And now here we are still on June 18th. I mean, it, it really is unfortunate right now. Like, he is lost on all aspects of the plate. I mean, we, we, and the amount of times that we've been optimistic that he's at the end of this slump or at anything like that. We've said that so many times over the course of the month where we're like, okay, a couple good games here that we feel like he's getting closer. He's getting closer. And that was something that was heavily discussed and not, not the previous homestand, the one before that, where, you know, his uncle came in early to fix his swing or kind of analyze his swing. And he was putting up some decent at bats. And that was probably around the time where he hit his last fly ball was sometime in one of those latest homestands. And it's crazy that since that, uh, 10 games later, there's been nothing uh, besides from what happened or what happened today. So I'm not going to be here and make the same mistake probably for a millionth time in terms of being optimistic that he's going to get out of it until I see it consistently. I'm just, I'm not going to do that anymore in terms of how much we feel like he is at the end of it. And even when he shows those signs, because believe me, it's not just us saying that he really has shown signs of that at times it goes away the next game, and then you're kind of back to square one. And I think that's the frustrating part, is that when you feel like he's making a step, uh, pretty much taking a step, he takes two steps behind. And then here, throughout the month of June, what I've noticed, and I'm sure a lot of people have noticed, is that it's 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 just dragging on way too long, and a lot longer than we expected. And then you were talking about it today, where it's also spreading defensively and on the bases, and that's also crazy, because of course, Gold Glover at first, play, or first base, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., has adjusted to first base well. He plays he usually plays pretty good defensively, and that hasn't been the case. And there's been a lot of base running miscues from him as well. And I mean, it just goes to the point where you can probably assume that he is aware of all the noise. He is aware of all the criticisms that he's getting. He's trying to do too much. It goes with the same stuff I think that he's been dealing with since May. The problem is he hasn't fought out of it, and it's it's at some point or in a way it's getting worse. And I think that's the concerning part. So. I mean, there's no conversation other than he's going to keep playing. They're going to keep going, you know, sending him out there every day, of course. No one's suggesting otherwise. But 
it's just unfortunately there's no end in sight right now in terms of when he can get out of this because again when he shows those signs it feels like he goes backwards and I heard it again today when they mentioned it about his first fly ball in 10 games where there was optimism that hey that was a good at bat or whatever I don't know how you can confidently say that without you know just just guessing because of the fact that he just hasn't consistently shown that and that's the frustrating part and we just see the top of the order right now with George Springer playing well I mean you want to talk about effort you saw I'm sure you saw the catch today in right field that he made where he ran all the way across in the corner to make that catch that's the effort that this team needs and everything like that and we haven't seen that consistently and George Springer's been one of the hottest hitters on the team as well throughout the month of June and going back to I would say probably the halfway point of May and and pretty much throughout the rest of the month with Merrifield who is now at the top of the order who has been one of their best hitters in terms of average and everything like that who gets on base steals bases he's playing well Bo Bichette has been the team's best hitter throughout the year who is on pace to completely destroy all shortstop voting and start for the American League at the All-Star game and then there's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. who's going through these problems right now so I think that's just really the frustrating part and there's no end in sight there really isn't unless you're guessing that's the concerning part, Mark. I'm sure you're at a point where you're not confident that he's going to get out of this anytime soon either. And I think that's really the concerning part here. We're at the end of June, and I'll reiter- reiterate to what I said before. We're still dealing with this stuff for a team who's supposed to be World Series contenders, who was supposed to be a playoff lock. And this is a team that is now multiple games out of a wild card spot and just getting by in terms of scrapping and just somewhat staying. Of course, they are staying in the race, but it's just nowhere close to good enough in terms of a team that's supposed to be like this. So it's either they're just a massively underperforming, a mixture of just probably not as good as we thought they were going to be. I don't know, but it's just, it's a really, really bad place for this team right now. And when you think about their struggles, the immediate person you think about afterward is the struggles of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Also, it just hasn't been a smooth season whatsoever. And there's just always constant issues. And unfortunately, Vladdy's in a really tough spot right now. Yeah, and his season basically encapsulates what the Jays have been through. Like, not living up to expectations, underwhelming, frustrating to watch. Like, all the buzzwords we've been saying all episode and all week and all month. Like, Vladdy is kind of the poster child of all of that. And so, yeah, I mean, like, if Jacob were here, he would probably say send him down to the minors. Um, Obviously, that's not something that's going to happen. It's not an easy fix like that, but like... I don't know. I Part of me wants to say just like wait it out because that's probably the right answer. Wait, He's going to turn around at some point and it's just brutal to watch right now. But the other part of me is saying like, nah, it's been two and a half months. He's playing like this. What do you do? Do you call in his uncle again? Like get his dad in town and have him fix his switch? Like I don't. I don't think there's an easy solution at this point, and you just hope that he keeps plugging away, and we know he will keep plugging away. It's just like, you need to find a solution, and sometime soon, because obviously a lot of what he's been doing and a lot of his struggles transcend and impact the Blue Jays. Uh, That goes without saying. Um, Let's keep the bad news going. Alejandro Kirk seems like he's day-to-day right now, got hit in the hand with a pitch in the series finale on Sunday. Uh, hopefully he stays day to day, I guess. Like you, hopefully he doesn't end up going on the injured list. Cause then we're talking about the blue Jays calling up Tyler Heineman again. And that's not ideal in any world. I mean, we've, he preys on him before and he's a, uh, competent backup catcher, a competent third guy to have in the system. But Alejandro Kirk is better than him. Um, 
at least offensively. So yeah, that's a little bit of scare. Hopefully it doesn't end up impacting the Blue Jays a lot. Hopefully they can just rely on Danny Jansen for a couple days and then um, Kirk can get back into the lineup, but a little bit of a scary moment there in Texas. And this is at the time where Danny Jansen just got back and potentially you're losing Alejandro Kirk now. Of course, I could have misheard it, but I'm pretty sure it was mentioned that Tyler Heineman was already pulled out of his game in AAA Buffalo, which means I'm sure he's going to be joining the team in Miami. Who knows? Obviously, he's going to be joining just in case regardless. Who knows how long it takes before there's a decision made. It might take a couple days before we see that. But yeah, it wasn't good today in terms of when he was hit. And it was awkward because it looked like he was bleeding when he got hit. And it was kind of an awkward thing where he bruised his or he bruised his wrist or hand but it was also bleeding at the same time. So I'm not sure how that all went down, but it was definitely an odd kind of injury where you don't usually see somebody get hit in the hand and then they start bleeding. So there must have been something else that happened on that play where he kind of went back or or something with his hands being jammed, whatever it was. It was just something where it was weird. It was kind of rare to see. So it's a little unique by the sounds of it. Of course, nothing was fractured, which which is the good news, regardless of what uh, what happens, because that's just going to mean it's more of a lengthy IL stint. But uh, yeah, it's just a current thing where they just got healthy with Danny Jansen, and it looks like he, or of course, there's a chance now where that doesn't remain this uh, remain healthy in terms of the catching position overall because of Kirk. So, I mean. A Kirk, unfortunately, as well, who hasn't had his best season um, at the plate or anything like that all around. And now that if he might have to sit uh, for 10 days and you got to rely on Tyler Heineman again, who is a great third catcher, which you talked about, Mark, where we've praised him. It's nothing against him. It's just it's not ideal uh, to lose somebody like that, especially Kirk, who hits in the middle of the order. Usually that uh, it just unfortunately it ruins your it doesn't ruin your lineup. It hurts your lineup. And just all the factors that we've mentioned throughout the show. And of course, with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. last topic. It just it doesn't help at all. It it all really connects together in a bad way. Uh, if they do lose Alejandro Kirk for some period of time, if it's at least ten days, so I guess it's kind of a wait and see approach until we find out more, either on Monday or Tuesday when they're in Miami. I'm sure that's when we're officially going to know what's going on in terms of that. Uh, and then of course it's just yeah, it's just uh, the bearer of bad news where things continue to just trample on and trample on. I mean we're already over 24 minutes in, and there's not really one good thing uh, that we've said so far throughout this episode. So that's just really the state of the team right now. And uh, you don't want to lose Alejandro Kirk. Of course, he is a key piece of this team, regardless of how good he's been uh, this year. Unfortunately, it hasn't been the same. But of course, there's always, you know, there's always the chance that he can also turn things around. And there's also just a couple things that he's working through right now behind the plate and everything like that. So that all kind of just pauses if he goes on the IL or if he has to sit out for a significant amount of time. So you're hoping it's the bare minimum and you see him at some point throughout this Marlins series. Okay, I'll challenge you. I'll find one good thing about the Jays this series. You find one good thing about the Jays this series and we can spice it up with some positivity because you're right. It's been nothing but negatives. Uh, I guess the positive connected to this conversation for me is going to be Danny Jansen. The good part, or I guess the silver lining to all of this is that even if you are losing Alejandro Kirk for a couple games or 10 or 15 days, whatever it may be, Danny Jansen is hot and he's healthy. Like if this was coming a week ago when Danny Jansen was a healthy year, whenever he came back off the IL 10 days ago, whatever you want to call it. If this is coming when Alejandro Kirk is still on the injured list, then the Blue Jays got a really, really big problem because then you're reaching down to your fourth string catcher who I don't even know who's kind of the fourth line of defense for the Probably. Blue Jays. Like, 
Rob Brantley, but he's not on the 40-man roster. So, yeah, so a mess regardless. And we saw Brantley in spring training, and it wasn't wasn't so great. So, like, yeah, the good, the silver lining to all this, and Danny Jets is healthy. And not only is he healthy, but, I mean, he's on fire with the, the home runs he's been hitting in. Another one in the first game of this series, which is all the runs that the Blue Jays got back-to-back days, and the only runs they got were from the same person. It's their catcher who's hitting bottom three in the lineup. Ridiculous. But anyways, that's the, I guess, the silver lining. That's the positive that I'll pick out from this series. I challenge you to find one positive thing about what happened this week. This week overall or just this last this series? series? Are you talking about the Rangers, week? Texas. Oh, this past series? Yeah. I mean, I'll probably just, because I said it already, I'll probably stick to it with Springer. But of course, he okay, wasn't yeah. great offensively all three games. But it's it just the little things that he did this series I thought really stood out. I mean, I mentioned the catch he made. And other than that, there's been lots of solid contact from him. There's been home runs throughout the entire road trip. So, I mean, we've talked about just it was weird how his season did start but he's really picked things up and he remains at the top of the league in terms of a lot of stuff like he doesn't strike out a lot um and of course he doesn't chase as as much either he's pretty much all in the top percentiles and all that and I think the other thing that we kind of overlook is that he still is a pretty fast player in terms of his speed I don't think that's something that we talk about a lot uh and of course I'm not saying he's the fastest on the team but he's also not slow and that of course translates to what he's done defensively throughout this year and uh, offensively, again, he just he could, he's heating up uh, for the top of the order, which is good. I mean, he had a good game today, as much as the or, or pretty much what we've talked about. But he had a really good game today at the top of the order and everything like that. So I'm going to stick to him on that, just because as much as the team is not in a good place, he's still going out there and just you know hustling and playing well and just you know sticking to his game and everything like that. So I, I got to give him. Probably the highlight throughout this series, and of course, even if you want to expand on that, the entire road trip. And of course, there's probably a couple other guys that you could talk about. Bo Bichette, Whit Merrifield that we've talked about, who've had key hits. Dalton Varsho continues to play better uh, throughout this road trip, or pretty much throughout the month of June. I think he's hitting over 300 in the month of June. So there's a couple other people that you can definitely acknowledge on this. It's just the problem that just overall, again, the team results aren't translating and I think that's just the frustrating part but of course a very select few who you can really highlight throughout this especially throughout this stretch or throughout this road trip and then of what happened this weekend in Texas yeah Varsho is definitely one of them another guy I was going to mention was Kevin Gosman um I mean just a, a another very very solid start from him um as much as you can't really praise like what Richards did although that bullpen day ended up all right on the pitching side of things. And you certainly can't praise what Chris Bassett did. Um, just kind of another clunker of a start from him, which just adds to the Blue Jays' woes. But at the very least, they got a good start from Gosman, and at least they didn't waste it. Even if they didn't support it offensively, the Blue Jays still managed to pull out with a win in that one. So that's, I guess, a little silver lining to all of this, <laughs> to add a little positivity to the podcast. Um Let's go to our mailbag for a second. We haven't done this in a while, but again, you can join our Discord. The link is below this episode, and you can contribute to our mailbag. You can chat with other fans of the podcast and other Jays fans. Of course, we've got about 75, 76 listeners, so I encourage you to join that. But just to give you a couple thoughts from our listeners, Naden asked, does this team need a trade to shake things up and spark a shock into the team? I mean, we're kind of getting to that point. It's June 18th. We're what, six weeks away from the trade deadline? So it seems like we're kind of entering the territory where that sort of thing is realistic. Um, We do say this every year, but if you make a trade earlier than other teams, you're probably going to be paying a premium. Like, I think it was 
It was the Trevor Richards trade a couple years back or last year. It all blends together. Yeah. Where Trevor Richards, yeah. Rowdy Telez. The, yeah, yeah, they did it in what? It was before June? the summer. It was, yeah, it was yeah like, June. It, was, it seemed like around this time, June 15, June 18. We'll find the exact day, but that's the type of trade that you're probably talking about. I think if you're trying to make a trade that really jumpstarts a team, like a major trade, I feel like if you're trying to do it at this point, you're going to be paying an absurd amount. So I'm not totally sure that's the answer for the Blue Jays. I also don't know if that would really fix things or wake them up or anything like that. Like, I don't think, I don't know. I Sometimes I eat my words on this, like last year with Charlie Montoyo being fired and it seemed to work to wake the team up, but I really don't believe in those sort of things, those sort of like atmosphere changes to get things going. Like, I don't know. It seems like, like baseball is a game of luck. You're going to have runs like this. You do eventually need something to snap you out of it, but I, I don't know. I don't really think a trade at this point is the answer. Like obviously a trade to make the team better. Yes. But a trade to change the clubhouse culture or wake the guys up. Like, I don't know if that really does anything. And if you're doing it at this point in the season, you're going to be paying a whole lot in terms of prospects. Um, and yeah, that Trevor Richards trade in July 6, 2021. So not quite as early, but I guess, you know, still kind of before that optimal trade window after the all-star break before the trade deadline. But anyways, those are my thoughts on that, Bryson. What do you have to say about a potential trade to wake the Jays up? It's not good when it's a trade to wake them up. It just, it all blends into how this is kind of all happening. And I mean, another, I guess another early trade that they have made in the past where it was similar with, with the bullpen was Adam Simber. That was on June 29th, 2021. So if you want an example of an early trade, there, there's another one right there for you, which happened, of course, in 2021. And that was also when they got Corey Dickerson as well. So I don't know if it's going to be that early. It's just, it's hard because there hasn't been a lot, like it's slowly coming out there, but there hasn't been a lot of, I guess, early candidates that could be moved where people have been talking about it. But I mean, when you look at this lineup now, and when you look at the offense, where when you really look at this all together, we talked about this the last episode, you went over all of the, the stats and everything like that. And when you read them out, they actually weren't as bad as how it's looked, uh, which was definitely surprising. I think the one part which has really stood out because it's been very, it's, high, it's been highlighted um, quite a bit throughout the last couple of days, even on the telecast, is that this team is lacking in terms of batting average with runners in scoring position. That's number one. And number two is the lack of home runs that they have hit. I think it was, it's less than 90 compared to pretty much what other teams have been at. So that's considered more, I guess, lower for teams that are supposed to be, again, World Series contenders, which, again, isn't awful, though, at the same time. It's kind of just, eh, if you you know what I'm talking about. So, but eh is not good enough for a team like this, which we've been trying to talk about and which has been the most frustrating part about this season here, again, which is brutal. But anyways, when you talk about early names that can be traded, like, you look at it now, it's hard to kind of pinpoint where because it's just this team has been solidified since like the spring in terms of there's not really one of those spots where you go, you know, that guy might not be here for the entire year in terms of one of like the starting nine. You talk about Whit Merrifield, who has played really well. I think maybe that was the closest question mark that you had at second base. But I mean, he's solidified. He's gonna, he might be going to the all-star game. So when you really think about something that they're going to do, it really feels like it's going to be kind of a utility guy or a bench guy unless somebody on the roster's moved, which I don't know how likely that is. Um, and then when you think about it as well from what they need, if I'm looking for something right now, 
it's power and of course it's just somebody again who's got a high average um and who can hit with runners in scoring position because that's the the main areas of need right now and you look at the amount of winnable games that this team has lost because of that it's not the pitching which is the issue I think the well when you look at it now there might be an opening in terms of what's happening because of course it's just unfortunately there is literally nobody as of now who is could be a fifth starter on this team the best possible option right now would be Trevor Richards which we've talked about which is slowly gaining momentum as a guy who is now pitching longer or deeper and deeper when he does open or when he does start in what was Alec Manoa's position. Other than that, you have your four guys who are solidified. I mean, I don't think you look at that for any improvements. The bullpen's always hard to say because you have reinforcements coming in at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could use some upgrades because of what's been going on this year. I talked about a guy a couple weeks ago um, in terms of somebody who should not be pitching at high leverage, which is Adam Simber. Jimmy Garcia has been disappointing. Uh, And there's been a couple other guys, too, where you can just think about where there could be openings. I mean, Mitch White's here right now. Is that really something that's ideal going forward? Bowden Francis is a guy who's up and down. uh, But, of course, he's done a decent job since he's been recalled since. So I think that would be my only question marks is how much bullpen turnover they're willing to do. And if they're going to add a bat, it just it it's hard to kind of feel like it's going to be somebody who's going to be every day because, again, they're solidified one through nine. But, I mean, if it's a guy that can come off the bench or is if, if, if it's a utility guy that's going to play a couple ta- – or, you know, a couple or multiple games a week but not every day that has power, I'm all for it. I don't think there's really any early names out there, though, that this team is kind of connected to uh, that's been, you know, talked about heavily so it's still hard to say because of how early it is but just it goes back to the point where if you're making a trade to wake wake up the team like that's just already that's not it's a very it's very hard to you know make your season successful at that point it just feels like it's a desperation move and do you really want to be that first team to do that who is going to pay a premium who might set standards for what the heck's going to happen throughout the rest of the deadline for me, that just smells like a disaster. I mean, of course, it's possible that they do it. It's just there hasn't been enough buzz where we've heard or we've kind of been hinted at that they are going to do that. And, of course, again, who is it going to be? Where are they going to play every day? Lots of questions that come with that. If you want power in a trade, I'm looking at the last place teams in every division. I'm excluding the St. Louis Cardinals because I – I'm not totally convinced they're selling, and then I'm also going to exclude... The Nationals. There you go. Yes, Who's point, on the Nationals? Yes. I'm, I'm going to get to that, but I'm excluding <laughs> the um, Boston Red Sox as well because I don't think they're selling at this point in the season. Those are the two last place teams we rule out. If we rule those guys out, here are some names from other last place teams the Blue Jays could be looking at. Colorado, Ryan, Colorado Rockies, Ryan McMahon. He's got 10 homers this season. He's slugging 490, OPS plus 116. Third baseman, second baseman, first baseman. Boom. Blue Jays could acquire him. From the Washington Nationals, Lane Thomas. He's got 10 home runs this year, slugging 478, OPS plus 126. He's an outfielder. Cincinnati Reds, Jonathan India. Nine home runs this year. He's slugging 434, OPS plus 109. He's the second baseman. Oakland Athletics, Brent Rooker. 13 home runs this year. 142 OPS plus. He's got a lot of years left on his contract, so I'm not sure that's a candidate to be moved. But this gives you an idea. And then the Kansas City Royals as well. Salvador Perez, Bobby Witt Jr., and then Vinny Pasquatino are the three that lead that team. I don't think any of those guys are getting moved. 
But that kind of gives you an idea of who we're looking at. If you're looking for power, and if you're looking to make a trade at this point in the season, those are the names that are going to be on the list. Of course, you know, there's going to be more guys involved, but that's kind of the numbers. That's kind of the spectrum that we're looking at in terms of acquisitions. So, I don't know. It just... Like, it doesn't seem like a solution. Like, maybe you try it because nothing else is working right now, but to me, it doesn't seem like a solution to where this team is at. Um, Okay, to get to another one of our listeners' thoughts, this is from Eric. They write, this offense, man, I knew we were trading away offense for defense, but man, I didn't think it would be this bad. I think about a team like the Phillies last season made the World Series with zero D. IDK, what to make of what is going on? Honestly, thoughts are everywhere. Like, today they score a lot, but the pitching fails. I have no answers. I only have a million questions. Exactly where I'm at. No answers, a million questions. Uh, that's kind of what this whole episode has been about. That's what the the, the cat past, past couple weeks have been about. This team is a mess right now. Uh, looking forward, Miami Marlins. Uh, let's set the table with the Marlins. They are 41 and 31. They've won four in a row. They are seven and three in their last 10. They've had a lot of easy teams lately. They've played the Nationals, the Mariners, the White Sox, the Royals, and the Athletics in the month of June. Uh, the Probables, Monday night, it's going to be Jose Barrios versus Brian Hoeing, Hewing. Uh, 3.12 ERA. Tuesday night, it's going to be Yusei Kikuchi versus Yuri Perez, who's been absolutely phenomenal in seventh starts this year, 1.8 ERA. And Wednesday night, it's going to be Kevin Gosman versus Sandy Alcantara, 4.97 ERA. Uh, Bryson, what are you going with? What's your series prediction? Well, um, you talked about it that the Marlins are 40. Like, the Mar- this is not going to be a walkover uh, from, I guess, what you remember the Marlins at right now. Like, they're playing pretty good baseball right now. You talked about it as much as they've been playing easy teams. They've been getting wins. So... It feels like it's going to be another test for this team uh, to end off this road trip. I mean, you talked about what's going on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, With Sandy Alcantara, if this was last year, I think I'd be a little bit more concerned. You look at his numbers this year, he has not been the same pitcher. So you got to be optimistic about that game. And then, of course... With what he talked about with Barrios and Kikuchi going game one and game two. I mean, Jose Barrios is locked in. Um, I gotta, I, I'm definitely betting on him to get the win, of course, um, from what's going on on Monday with Kikuchi. You talk about Perez, though. He's only made seven starts, but in those seven starts, he's been very good, like you've been talking about. And then Wednesday with Gosman, you got to feel confident with. So I can't, I'm doing it again. I'm going to say two out of three. I, I'm going to say they win Monday and Wednesday, they lose Tuesday. I was so close to being correct, um, and I felt very good about it when it was 6 nothing today uh, on Sunday in Game 3, and we've talked about throughout the episode what happened, so we don't need to completely recap it. So I feel like I'm on the right track with these predictions as much as it's been a little bit rough over the last couple series, but of course, that also means that this team's in a very bad place because I'm very optimistic with my predictions. So 2 out of 3, I'm going to do it again, and uh, let's somewhat salvage this road trip come back to Toronto um two out of three over the Marlins I think it's possible uh let's see if it happens yeah and then you come home to Oakland right which should be a sweep right yeah so like maybe (laughs) the Vegas A's yeah (laughs) maybe you could say that's a turning point for the Jays if they win this series against a good Marlins team because the pitching probables line up and then yeah you 
I mean, you, you pray that you sweep Oakland and then, boom, you're back in business. Maybe that's what it takes. Maybe it takes a couple series against the Marlins and the Oakland Athletics. Um, I don't think that's what it takes. I'm going one and two. Oh, they oh. win the final game of this series. They win with Kevin no. Gosman on the mound. They lose the first two games. I can't, I can't predict this team winning a series right now. Like, I don't care how the pitching lines up. It's not – there's no – there's no – like, there's no world in which I'm going to sit here and say they win a series. They're playing terribly right now. There's no way I predict a series win. No way. <laughs> and if that's the case, here we are Wednesday night, Thursday night, whatever it is. Yeah. Probably talking about the same issues again. Exactly. Because they lose the same way every time. So, yeah. there we go. Let's hope we can get out of that. <laughs> yeah. And then maybe things turn around on the weekend in Oakland, against oh, Oakland yeah. at home. Like, even if, You're really if they lose this series, maybe it's Oakland. Oakland. I'm pinning my hopes for this season on that Oakland series. If they don't win two of... If they lose that series against Oakland... I'm calling it. Season over. The season starts on Friday. Yes, I agree. If they lose the <laughs> Oakland series, it's done. Like, there's no, I, I mean, I say that in their uh, Oakland's been hot. They won seven in a row, right? So uh, Yeah, it was like seven or eight in a row, yeah. yeah. Proving that they shouldn't be moving to Vegas. Oh, my God. What have we come to? Can of beans that we're not going to get into. Um, yeah, okay. We have nothing from Jacob. Um, hopefully, he's back on the podcast. Uh Wednesday night or Thursday whenever we record because the Blue Jays do have an off day on Thursday. Maybe that's the reset they need. Um, Okay. As always, you can support this podcast. Buy us a coffee, our Discord, our Instagram, our Twitter, our TikTok. It's all linked below this episode and you can find all our stuff there. Um, Yeah. Give us a rating and review if you want. We're better than the Jays at least. I would hope so. I'd hope so. (laughs) We'll catch you later this week.